Grizz is back. So in the last episode, I began teaching through Proverbs chapter 5, and we only made it through verse 8. So in this episode, I'm going to share a little bit what's been going on with me lately, because it's been a minute, and then we're going to continue in our study of Proverbs chapter 5, and I'm going to specifically be breaking down verse 9, just verse 9, where God provides some sobering warnings regarding what sexual sin will do to our lives. Listen, my brothers, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep on saying it till the day I die. God is not anti-sex. God is not anti-sexual pleasure. On the contrary, he wants us to enjoy sexual pleasure, but he wants the fire to be kept inside the fireplace. And that fireplace is marriage. One man, one woman for life. When we take the fire outside the fireplace, we burn the house down. That's right. We burn the house down. We're burning down the house. I'll explain more on this episode. So here we go. to the Grizz Podcast. Our mission is to guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. It's time for you to rise up, honor God, and live manly. Now here's our host, Jason George. Welcome back to the Grizz. Yeah. What's up, my brothers? Dude, Grizz has been very sick for the last two and a half weeks with some sort of cold, cough, flu, friggin' pneumonia that my youngest daughter brought home from school. Big shout out to her. I want to thank her for this gift. I was dying, man. I still don't feel right. You can hear it in my voice. My energy levels are so low right now. Ugh. My Thanksgiving break with family and friends was not enjoyable at all. My productivity has been way down the last few weeks. I hate it, but it's how it goes. You know, it's life. Living here in a fallen world, fallen people, fallen bodies. Man, I'm one of them. I don't know about you, but I am longing, freaking longing for a resurrected body in the new heaven, the new earth that the Bible talks about. No more sickness, no more disease, no more aches, no more pains, no more sorrow, no more anxiety, no more death. Man, bring it, dude, bring it. Anyway, I'll tell you a little bit what's been going on with me. Um, 
let's see what else. Uh, I had a brother from another mother, a listener to the podcast named Garrett, reach out to me. Uh, he's a listener from up in Alberta, Canada, eh? And he was like, Grizz, I need a new podcast to listen to. I was like, okay. I was trying to think of other podcasts I like to listen to. I probably got about eight of them that I like to listen to. But that wasn't what he meant. What he meant was, I need another episode of Grizz. Okay? I'm at work, and I need to be listening to some Grizz. I'm out here, you know, in my work truck. guess he was going to some kind of job or something in his work truck. I was like, man, I've been sick. I'm working on it. I'm going to get there. It's been hard to get behind the mic. But he's working up there in Alberta, Canada, and he sends me a pic while he's texting me all this to show me what it looks like from his truck. And it's this beautiful pic. It looked like a professional photographer took it. It's the Northern Lights. But he just takes it from his phone. It's freaking beautiful. He sent me like three or four of them. I want to get up there and see that, man. That's, that's some good stuff. And uh, they got a lot of grizzly bears up there too. You know, those are, uh, those are my people. So, uh, oh, he also sends me a pic of his hard hat and he's rocking a grizz and a narrow trail sticker on the freaking hard hat up in Alberta. He's representing up in Alberta. I'm going to send that brother a t-shirt. And some more swag. Man, I really appreciate it, Garrett, you doing that. That was cool to see, man. We just got in some new Climb Team t-shirts, some black ones. So I'm going to send you one of those. Uh, I got to order. I want to get some hoodies, man. You know, like Grizz hoodies or some Narrow Trail hoodies, maybe both. We also got in new stickers for Narrow Trail, Grizz Podcast. And we got this new sticker just got in this week. It's of a grizzly bear, big old grizzly bear, and he's doing a deadlift. And all it says underneath, real big, is it says, do hard things. And then real small, it says, Grizz Podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Not that I'm doing any deadlifts at this point in my life with my lower back issues. But I am doing hard things. I wish I could do deadlifts. Anyway. Um, I send those stickers out to all those who support the ministry and the podcast, man, we couldn't do it without you guys. I don't say it enough, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you that support on a monthly basis, even if it's just 10 or $20 a month, it's really appreciated. What else has been going down lately? Uh, my dog, Remy, big Remy turned five, two days ago, which is like 35 in dog years, right? So he's 35 years old now. He's a chocolate lab. If you don't know, he's basically my best friend and he's also like the vice president here at narrow trail ministries. He doesn't do much, but he really likes the title and he really, really likes the benefits. So on a special day, I took him to Petco. And if you guys don't know what Petco is, it's like big pet store mega pet store or whatever. I let him pick out some stuff. Okay. I walked him around the store. So what do you want to get it's your special day? Of course he wanted to get everything. He was trying to get the balls. He was trying to get like a stuffed alligator. Then he went to the stuffed octopus, but he finally made his decision on this uh, bone that was filled with like peanut butter. And he loves peanut butter. So it's kind of funny because he's a chocolate lab. He's dark chocolate, but he loves peanut butter. It's a good combination. 
If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you can see the video I put up of that. It's pretty funny. Remy doing his thing. What else is going down? I'm leaving with family and friends in about a week and a half, going down for the first time to the Dominican Republic for a vacation. Thanks to my wife's business and her business partners. They're all going down there and uh, going to be doing some business stuff, but able to enjoy a family vacation. It's a big blessing, man. I'm super thankful for my wife and what she does. She puts in a lot of freaking hard work, man, and just super proud of her. Um, anyway, so on this vacation, I hope to do some more snorkeling, okay, because I'm an expert snorkeler. I became an expert snorkeler like a year ago uh, on our trip to Jamaica, Jamaica mine. Uh, if you never heard about my trip to Jamaica and the crazy sunset uh, catamaran ride, huge catamaran dance party on the catamaran that broke out on the sunset cruise with like 50 Indians. I'm not talking Indians with feathers. Talking Indians like, you know, Middle Easterners, but they live in Michigan, not making fun of anybody. I would never do that, make fun of anybody's ethnicity or anything like that. I'm not into that. It's stupid. They were awesome. At first, I was like, oh, my goodness, what are all these like Middle Easterners doing here on this sunset cruise? But then I was like, I'm an idiot. They were uh, they brought the party, man. They brought the party. So. I quit spectating on that sunset cruise and I joined in with them and I joined the party and I was dancing with them. And I just remember, uh, you can hear this on episode 208. Uh, the first time I heard the song Despacito by Luis Fonzi, it's a Hispanic artist, but it features Justin Bieber. He sings at the beginning of it and stuff. First time I heard it was on that sunset cruise. We were like leaving, you know, the little Marina area man, we were just, the weather was perfect. It was so beautiful. The waves were splashing and that song comes on. They had these booming speakers, man. They did not care about the volume down there. They were cranking it. And so I was like, I've never heard this song, but like I fell in love with it. Now I don't, I don't know what they're singing about at all. Cause I don't know uh, Spanish, even though I took three years of it. It's pretty sad. Um, but I don't even, I forget what Despacito means. Like that's so pathetic. But let me play it for you guys, man. Bring back some memories of Jamaica and that Sunset Cruise, man. Where's that? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Luis Fonzi, Justin Bieber, and Daddy Yankee. I got a point to this. Come and move that in my direction. So thankful for that. It's such a blessing. Yeah. Turn every situation into heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. My sunrise on my the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me wanna savor every moment Slowly, slowly, slowly. You fit me, tell me love how you put it on Got the you only key to how to turn it on The way you never lie, you're the only words I wanna He's hear Baby, take it slow so we oh. can last long Tú eres el imán y yo soy el metal Me voy acercando y voy armando el plan Solo con pensarlo se acelera el pozo Yeah, 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 y
Ya me está gustando más de lo normal Todos mis sentidos van pidiendo más Esto hay que tomarlo sin ningún apuro Despacito Yeah, we go Respira tu cuello despacito Deja que te diga cosas al oído Para que te... All right, I gotta stop there, dude. You know, copyright and stuff. Um, dude, the dude who does the rap part in this song, I told you I got a point to all this. It comes later in the song, is this dude named Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee. What a name. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like Hispanic. I don't know how he's a Yankee, but he's obviously some sort of Yankee and he's a daddy, daddy Yankee. Uh, he also, uh, Daddy Yankee, sings this other song that many of you have probably heard. I've heard this. Uh, this song is funny, man. Gasolina. Let's get you hyped up, man. I'm not even going to try to rap this, dude. It's too fast. It's all Spanish. It's like the only part I know is gasolina. I don't know what they're talking about there. I don't know if he ran out of gas and he's just screaming. Maybe, maybe he's dealing with what many of us as husbands deal with. The wife takes the car. She runs it all the way down to E, the lights on, and then we go to, go to use it. And, and there it is. And I, that's probably what's happening. He's like, gasolina. Why did you let it run out of gasolina? That's probably what's happening. I don't know. Anyway. My point is, Daddy Yankee, I found out this week, he apparently got saved. He became a total Jesus follower. And he gave up his music career. This is what he's saying, because he's going all in with following Jesus. Now, somebody needs to tell this dude, because he's got talent right here. He doesn't have to give up his music career. He can just change, uh, make the words more gospel-centered. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, go hardcore, man. Bring, like, the spiritual gasolina to all of us. That's what we need is some spiritual gasolina. So uh, I found this out on the Internet. You can always trust the Internet. It is infallible, inerrant, anything that's on there. You just know it's true. Put your life on it. No, seriously, I saw it on Instagram. And if it is true, I'm being serious now. Praise God for that. Daddy Yankee got saved, man. I wish I had like a, a round of applause sound effect. What do I got here? Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh. <laughs> that's not a good one, man. What, that's what I got, dude. You're wild, man. Wild. Oh, that, that's all right. Let me see what else I got here. Yeah, that's it. That's good. He gets the train. It's train. Yeah, man. What else is going down? Uh, I was going to tell you guys, man, from my morning devotion time, some guys ask, what do you do for morning devotions, Grizz? I do all sorts of things, man. But lately I've been reading through first Samuel. I just finished up judges in November, some really good practical stuff. in both of those uh, books of the Bible for us as Christian men, I want to encourage you quit skipping around in your Bible. Like it really helps to find one book of the Bible and just study through it, like read through it slowly, maybe get a good commentary that'll help you understand that book of the Bible 
And that's what I do. I just read, I take some notes and I'm like, man, that's good. I got something out of it for today. I'm usually just doing like one chapter at a time, but it really helps me. I'm also reading uh, a few books. Uh, I'm rereading a few books. One of the ones I'm rereading for probably no exaggeration, like the 20th time right here, the game plan by Joe Dallas, which is mandatory for our climb teams. We go through this. This is the first book we go through together. The game plan by Joe Dallas, uh, the Monday night climb team. These guys have been with me for over a year now. They've been through the game plan. We're now going through this book clean by Dr. Doug Weiss. So much good stuff in both of those books. And then, uh, I also reread this book right here. I'm holding it up because if you're watching on YouTube by video, you can see it. Animal Farm by George Orwell. I just reread that. It's probably the third time I've been through it. This time I actually listened to the audiobook, got it from Audible, and it's so well done because the dude narrates with um, just really good voices and things like that. Um, but man, if you've never read Animal Farm, you need to. It is a short read. It is easy, but it explains so much of what big government here in America has been doing and continues to do. And also not just America, like what we're seeing up in Canada. You read Animal Farm and you'll be like, oh my goodness, there it is, dude. It's like the freaking blueprint for so much of what is going on. Orwell is like a prophet, man. Also recommend his book, 1984. What else am I reading? I, I almost done. I'm like on the second to last chapter of this book right here, Stealth War by Robert Spaulding. Uh, it's been out for a while, but I had some dudes tell me to read it. And Stealth War is about how China has taken over while America's elites sleep. So it's not a real encouraging book. It's kind of scary to see everything that China's doing. Nothing against Chinese people. I love Chinese people sincerely. Uh, the problem I have who I don't like is the leadership in China. But don't get too offended by that either because I don't like most of the leadership in America. <laughs> but uh, there's some crazy stuff going on, man. But it's really informative. I like it. And then the other book I'm trying to finish up is I started it. I put it down for a couple months. We're trying to finish this one up right here. It is the saga of Hugh Glass written by John Myers. Some of you saw the movie, The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio about the dude who was mauled by a, a grizzly bear. And then he was left for dead. But then he comes back and he kills the dude who killed his son and left him for dead. It's an incredible story. And I was like, as soon as I watched the movie, I was like, is that a true story? Like, I know Hollywood adds stuff to movies, but I wanted to check it out. So I found this book. I'm reading it. It's the whole movie was based around that book, the true life story of Hugh Glass. So I'm reading that, too. Uh, what else is going down lately in the life of the Grizz? Uh, our online small groups for Christian men who need accountability, guidance, encouragement, and prayer. Those are going really well. They're called climb teams, and they're especially geared to help Christian dudes who are struggling with porn or some other unwanted sexual behavior. Uh, it's not the only thing these guys are struggling with. They struggle with all sorts of things, but it's one of the main things that they're struggling with. It's one of the main things that I struggled with throughout my life, and I still admit I need help with. I still keep accountability and support in my life, dude. Um, we now have four climb teams that I lead each week. 
it's been a blessing to see guys fighting together to become better men, better husbands, better fathers. Uh, some of the guys are in ministry and they're fighting to be better pastors. Dude, it's just, it's awesome. Guys need a safe place to share their struggles, their challenges, their failures, a place just to be real. No BS zone is what we call it. And a place to find accountability, guidance, encouragement, and to be prayed for. The guys are growing closer together. They stay in touch outside of our meetings on a private group chat platform that we have. Some of them have even met up in person. That's pretty cool. Um, if you're interested in learning more about our climb teams, go to our website, narrowtrail.com. We have a few open spots in two of our climb teams. Two of them are full right now. So anyway, that's the latest that's going on with me. Now it's time to rip into the meat of God's word. I'm going to go heat up my coffee here in just a minute. But to uh, while we're taking here the little break, I'm going to play a song that goes with what we're going to rip into for this episode. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. This song right here, dude. A lot of you know it. Yeah, I'm taking you back. I will explain why I'm playing this song in just a little bit, dude. Yeah. Burning down the house, baby. So I don't like that song. I love that song, dude. It goes perfectly with what we're going to talk about for this episode. That's Talking Heads, their epic song, Burning Down the House. As many of you know, just like you, I was born in the 70s, and I'm proud of it, but I grew up in the 80s, so I love 80s music, and that song right there would definitely make my top 10 uh, all-time favorite 80s tunes. That would include everything, like rock, rap, um, pop whatever country that would make top 10 for me. That's how much I love that song. I have gotten my groove on the dance floor to that song at wedding receptions back in the day, dude. You know, that's when my body was like at its prime. I was fully functioning, no back problems. So I was like locking and popping and I was able to break dance. I could backspin. I could windmill. Um, I tried the head spin. I think I got hurt. Uh, yeah. So the Grizz has got moves, y'all. Burning down the house, though. That's what many Christian men, let me transition to serious here. 
That's what many Christian men are doing. That's what many Christian men are doing. They are burning down the house. And I'm going to explain what I mean because we're going to rip back into Proverbs chapter 5. All of us as Christian men are confronted with some form of sexual temptation at least every single week. You know it's true, man. You know it's true. At least every single week, you're confronted with some form of sexual temptation, whether it be on TV, social media, your workplace, school, uh, the gym, driving around town, even just in your thoughts, man. You, You don't have to really go looking for it, dude. It's just there. Sexual temptation, as you know, it's everywhere. And listen to me. This is really important. Our Heavenly Father wants to help us overcome sexual temptation. He actually wants to help us. He knows what we're facing and He wants to help us. In Proverbs chapter 5 through 7, which we've been studying here, is one of those places in Scripture where our Heavenly Father is trying to do just that. So in the last episode, we began looking at Proverbs chapter 5. I broke down verses 1 through 8 for you. It was kind of a long episode. Uh, but I didn't get through the remainder of the chapter. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to be able to finish the remainder of the chapter on this episode. I want to pick up where we left off in Proverbs chapter 5, starting at verse 8, and then go into verse 9. That's all we're going to look at for this episode. But uh, verse 8 and verse 9, especially verse 9. But first, here's a quick review of the main points that I went over on the last episode. I'm going to go through these quick, listen up. This is just here, you know, to kind of you know, rehash your memory, you know, stir you up, reminder, all that. All right. Our Heavenly Father wants to help us overcome sexual temptation. God commands us Christian men to abstain from all forms of sexual immorality. Sexual sin always begins in the heart and mind. What we do with our eyes and imagination is a huge deal. Sinful secrets destroy us. Confession is crucial. It's the beginning step to repentance and recovery. Every Christian man needs to be in some sort of support slash accountability group with other Christian men where he can find solid biblical guidance, encouragement, accountability, and prayer. Who's asking you the hard questions? And then I talked about how we we don't battle sexual temptation alone as Christian men. We don't do that. If you do that, you're going to get your butt kicked. Talked about how evil things are easy things. Sexual sin is an easy thing. And the father is trying to help his son here in Proverbs chapter 5. The father is talking to his son. He's trying to help his son understand that sexual sin, which is an easy thing, it leads to punishment and sorrow. I also said that we are all one decision away from stupid. You're not as strong as you think you are. I also talked about don't turn away from God's word, the Bible, be a man of the word. I also said, stay away, uh, stay far away from sexual temptation. Stop the edging. Remember, if the sin is wrong, then the road to sin is wrong. Keep at the greatest distance from it. Don't try to see how close you can get without giving in. You have to flee, get away from it. And then I talked about how, um, are you a protector, uh, a predator or a protector? Predators look in lust. They fantasize. They look for ways to see more and do more. Which are you? Are you a predator or a protector? So those were the main points from Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 8 that I went over on the last episode. So I want to pick up at verse 8 and also look at verse 9. This is, uh, again, Proverbs chapter 5. Let me grab my Bible right here. 
I'm reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. It says, keep your way far from her, talking about the adulterous woman or any kind of sexual sin uh, that would apply to us. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Listen to this. Here's the warning. Lest you give your splendor to others in your years to the cruel one. Lest you give your splendor to others in your years to the cruel one. So again, the father tells his son what sexual sin can do to him. He warns him of the pain, the sorrow, and the regret it can cause if he ignores God's clear commands on sexuality. That's good parenting, by the way, a father talking to his sons about the dangers of sexual sin. He's warning his son. That's good parenting. Listen, guys, sex is like a fire, a freaking fire. And when a fire remains within the fireplace, it's a good thing. You know, it keeps us warm and it's pleasing to the eyes. But when it goes outside of the fireplace, it freaking burns the house down. Proverbs chapter five is telling us to keep the fire in the fireplace of marriage and to stoke that fire, stoke that fire. Sex is a good thing when it remains inside of marriage uh, with husband and wife. Fire is a good thing when it remains inside the fireplace. In fact, I enjoyed a fire last night here in my house. It's been getting cold here in the low country of South Carolina, so I got a fire going, but I kept that fire where it belongs. I kept the fire in the fireplace, and why did I do that? Because I don't want to burn my freaking house down. You know what I'm saying? Why does God say keep sex within marriage? Because he doesn't want you to burn down your house, aka your life. He doesn't want you to burn down the house. Listen, fornication, which is sex before marriage, and adultery, which is sex outside of marriage, which includes lusting after women, looking at porn, going to strip clubs, sexual fantasizing. When you engage in those sinful things, you're taking the fire outside of the fireplace and you're going to burn down your house. You're going to burn down your life, dude. I'm telling you, you're going to do this, not just because scripture says it, but also because I see it. I work with guys like five days a week, six days a week, whatever it is. Uh, I see it all the time. I talked with one of them today that is just facing major, major consequences, repercussions from the sinful uh, choices that he has made in regards to uh, cheating on his wife. So in Proverbs chapter six, the father poses this question to his son. He says, can a man carry fire next to his chest and not be burned? Or can he walk on hot, hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Uh, It's an obvious no. It's an obvious no. In fact, it seems stupid to even ask such a question. Can a man carry fire, literally pick up fire and carry it close to his chest and not be burned. This is like an obvious no. It's such a stupid question to even ask. It's the same with sex outside of marriage, taking the fire out of the fireplace. Do you think you can do that? And it's not going to cause major pain, sorrow and regret in your life. You've got to wake up. It's an obvious like, no, stop being a dumbass. Listen, The father doesn't want the pain, sorrow, and regret for his son. 
That's why he's warning him about it. So as I said, here in these verses from Proverbs chapter five, he warns him continually, and he does it in Proverbs chapter six and seven too. He's really trying to help his son do listen to me, get what I'm saying about the dangers of sexual sin. He's warning him of what sexual sin will cause in his life. And this is so good. It's so needed for all of us because we are all susceptible to falling into sexual sin, including myself. We are all capable of it. We are all susceptible. You are not as strong as you think you are. Verse nine says, one of the things he warns him about is like with sexual sin, he says, if you give into it, if you give into it, you're going to give your splendor to others. In other words, if you get involved in sexual sin, this is what that means. You will give your splendor to others. What's he talking about there? What does splendor mean? That's what my translation says. He's saying, when you get involved in sexual sin, you lose your honor, man. You lose the respect that other people have for you, especially with adultery, especially with cheating on your wife, dude, you lose the respect that others have for you. Dr. Doug Weiss in his book, Clean, he rightly said this, once you have an affair, you can never undo it. It is part of you forever. You can be forgiven, but you cannot erase past actions. This, of course, has direct, or I'm sorry, dire effects on the family, causing divorce, child abandonment, and a whole host of other unintended consequences. And when the family breaks down, entire societies break down. Dude, think about it, my brothers. We lose respect for those who are sexually promiscuous. We lose respect for them. We just do. We don't respect those who live a secret life of sin. This is what the father is warning his son about when he says, lest you give your splendor to others. Stay away from the adulterous woman. Stay away from the sexually immoral woman. Stay away from sexual temptation. Stay away from porn, lest you give your splendor to others. He doesn't want his son to lose the honor and respect that others have for him. Let me ask you, do you want to be a respectable man who others can look up to? Of course you do. So do I. Then listen to the words of the father and keep away from sexual temptation. Remember what we talked about on the last episode. Do not even go near the door of her house. Stop edging. Remember, if the sin is wrong, then the road to sin is wrong. Dude, you don't even respect yourself when you have a secret life of sin. You know that you don't. <laughs> Dude, I know all about it. You're not proud of the man that you see in the mirror when you have a secret life of sin. I know what that's like. I know what that feels like. You can know everything about the Bible. You can know everything about theology. You can preach the best sermons. You can have the best podcast. You can write the best books. But if you don't have sexual integrity, if you don't keep the fire in the fireplace, then listen to me. No one cares, dude. No one cares. No one cares how much you know about the Bible and theology. No one cares how good your sermon was, your podcast. No one cares about your book. No one cares about any of that. They don't respect you. They view you like you're a drunk leading an AA group. Like you're a bankrupt homeless man leading a, uh, a seminar on real estate investing. 
They're like, who are, what are you, what are you talking? Who are you? Who are you to even say this to us? Look at your life. No one wants to hear or read what you have to say because your life doesn't match up. So again, the father is telling his son to keep far away from sexual temptation, sexual sin. Don't even go near the door of her house or there will be painful consequences, sorrow and regret. He says, you're going to give your splendor, your respect, your honor. You're going to give that away to others. And then he goes on to say that you'll give your years to the cruel one. You'll give your years to the cruel one. But what does that mean to give your years to the cruel one? Who is the cruel one? I believe it's speaking of the enemy of our souls, the devil, Satan. He is the cruel one. He is the one who is on the prowl seeking to destroy your life. First Peter 5, 8 says, be of sober spirit, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And how is the enemy destroying the lives of most Christian men? I said it on the last episode, dude. I believe that porn has become the number one tool that the enemy uses to keep Christian men from stepping up and fulfilling their God-given destiny. I believe that. Instead of fulfilling their God-given destiny, they waste most of their life on sinful pursuits and indulgences. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. That's why he wants you to stay involved in it. Instead of pursuing your God-given destiny, he has you wrapped up in sexual sin, addicted to it. That's what it means. Give your years to the cruel one. You give your years to the enemy of your soul. The enemy, listen, he wants to seduce you in order to reduce you. That's what he wants. He wants to seduce you in order to reduce you. Think about all the hours of your life that you've wasted looking at porn or involved in some other type of sexual sin. I mean, go all the way back to whenever the first time you looked at porn, whenever it all started, were you eight, were you 10, were you 12? Go all the way back. Think about it. If you added all those hours up of sexual lust that you've been involved in, how long would it be? Days, weeks, months, years, decades, all wasted time, all wasted time. You gave years to the cruel one. The enemy seduced you in order to reduce you, to keep you from fulfilling your God-given destiny. That's what he's still doing with Christian men. Many of you guys who are listening, like me, you started looking at porn at a young age, uh, like the age of eight to 10. I was somewhere in there. And now you're what? Now you're what? What are you, 30? What are you, 40, 50, 60? Think of all the wasted time. Think of the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the decades. That's what I believe it means when the father here in Proverbs chapter five warns his son, you will give your years to the cruel one, man. It's another warning from the father. So we see that here in Proverbs chapter five, verse nine, in just this one verse, the father gives his, his son two sobering reasons, warnings, why he needs to keep the fire in the fireplace, why he needs to keep far away from sexual temptation, why he needs to not go near the door of her house, why sexual pleasure needs to be only with his wife, marriage. And he says, reason number one in verse nine, 
You give your splendor, you give your honor, your respect to others when you involve yourself with sexual sin. And he's like, son, don't do that. You don't want that. You don't want to give away your respect, your honor. Reason number two, he says, you're going to give your years to the cruel one, to the enemy of your soul. You're going to waste your life. You're going to freaking waste your life instead of fulfilling your God-given destiny. He, he's going to seduce you in order to reduce you. Every time you get involved in sexual sin, you're wasting your life. You're wasting the precious time that God has given you. And some guys say, man, I won't waste years. It's just this one time, dude. It's just this one look. It's just this one hookup, you know? It's just this one hookup. You're a fool. You're a fool, man. That's how it all starts. As I said last episode, you're overestimating your willpower to resist and you're underestimating the power of your sinful flesh when it's in the presence of sexual temptation. That's stupid. That's dangerous. How does a drug dealer get people to become addicts, junkies? How does a drug dealer do that? All he has to do is just give them a taste. Just give them one taste. Give them one taste and they'll be back. I can't say it enough, guys. You're wasting your life when you remain involved in sexual lust. Think about all the things you could have been doing with those hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades. I look back, I think the same thing. What a waste. What a complete waste of my time. You could have been going to recovery accountability group where you'd connect with other Christian men, enjoy fellowship, find godly guidance, encouragement, some brothers that you can walk through life together. You could have been doing that instead. You could have been reading dozens of books that would help you improve your life. You could have been taking classes, earning a degree. You could have been learning an instrument. You could have been learning a martial art, making yourself dangerous. Could have been working out at the gym, getting fit, getting buff. You could have been writing a book. You could have been starting a business, a side hustle to make more money for you and your family. You could have taken that time and you could have been serving in ministry impacting lives. You could have been investing more time in your wife and your kids, being there for them. Think of what you could have been doing with all those hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, but instead you wasted them on what? On sexual lust, on sin. And what did you get? What did you get in return? You got pain, you got sorrow, you got regret. That's what you got. Stop doing that. End it. End it. Stop it. Today, draw a line in the sand. No more. I'm done. Finish out your life different. That's what I'm trying to do. Finish out your life different. If you're a young man listening to this, listen, and you're like, man, I haven't even gone there. I haven't gotten into it yet. Good. Then don't. Don't get into it. Don't waste your life by being involved with sexual lust. It's all a big lie. It's not worth it. Get help. Get in recovery where you can find godly guidance, accountability, and encouragement. Listen, guys, you only get one life to live, my brothers. You only get one life to live. James 4.14 says, For what is life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Time, once it's gone, it is gone. You can't get it back. They aren't making more of it. There are no do-overs with life. We have no time machines. That's all movies, man. The sand in the hourglass is falling steadily. Dude, you're dying. You are dying right now. Do you realize that? 
I'm dying too. Today, you're one day closer to death than you were yesterday. Every person on this planet is born with an appointment with death. Hebrews 9, 27. For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And today, as I said, you're one day closer to that. Each second that passes is one that you'll never get back. It's gone. Death is coming for you. And the father here in Proverbs chapter five is trying to tell his son, stop wasting your life on sexual lust, on porn, on fornication, on adultery. Stop giving your years to the cruel one. My brothers, listen to me. Man, spend the remainder of your days on things that truly matter. If you're not dead yet, then God's not done yet. So you made mistakes. You got a past. You got regrets. You're going through the consequences, the things that you've done. You're living with it, and it's, it's hard. Spend the remainder of your days on things that truly matter, on things that will now bless your life and bless the lives of others. Finish well. Let sexual sin be a thing of the past. Overcoming sexual sin is not just about separating from it, and it's not just about setting up ways to prevent it. Don't get me wrong, separation and prevention are crucial to recovery and repentance, but it's also about replacing sexual sin with better things that will bless your life and bless the lives of others. I'm constantly telling guys on our climb teams, listen to me. Sorry, grabbing a sip of coffee here. I'm constantly telling them, like, find better things to do. Find better things to do for fun, for pleasure, for escape, for excitement, for adventure. Because a lot of times you're looking for that. That's what you're going to, to porn and sexual sin for. You're looking for fun. You're looking for pleasure. You're looking for escape, excitement, adventure, connection. You're looking for those things. You're just going to the wrong thing. It doesn't always have to be something super spiritual either to replace sin. Go do a martial art. Man, if you're healthy and you can do a martial art, go learn one, man. I wish I was in better, I don't want to say better shape, but I wish I didn't have the injuries and stuff that I'm dealing with. I didn't wish I have the conditions I deal with with Lyme disease and other tick-borne co-infections. I would love to be doing jujitsu. I started it. I tried. It was too much on my body right now. Go learn a martial art. Get into fishing. Go hunting. Go biking. Play golf. Play pickleball. Pickleball's cool, man. Go hike. Climb a mountain. Book a trip. Kayak. Raft a river. Play a board game with friends. Schedule. Make it like a weekly thing, man. We do some game nights. I got one guy, man. He's, he's playing on a softball team. He's in a climb team. He was like, yeah, I'm going to softball tonight. It's kind of late. Don't feel like going. I said, that's awesome you're going to softball, man. You need that. That's a good thing. Good way to replace sin and find some good, healthy, fun, pleasure, escape, excitement, adventure, connection. Become a coach for little kids. Replace. Find something better. Guys, we're going to return to our study here in Proverbs chapter 5 in the next week or two. This is more than enough meat to chew on for now. Don't waste your life, my brothers. Don't waste your life. Keep the fire in the fireplace. Keep the fire in the fireplace or you're going to burn down.
the house and you don't want that. I'm telling you, man. Couple closing items of Grizz Biz. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing anymore. Hey, if you want to connect with the Grizz, my contact if info is on the show notes. My email is jason at narrowtrail.com. Jason at narrowtrail.com. My social media handle is at Grizz Podcast. At Grizz Podcast. G-R-I-Z Podcast. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and more. If you like this show, then please leave us a quick rating and review wherever you listen. Hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend or your men's group. Man, I'm still battling this freaking sickness. Sorry. If you're interested in doing some one-on-one coaching with the Grizz, or if you're interested in joining one of our climb teams, go to narrowtrail.com to learn more. You can fill out a short online application. Also, I want to encourage you guys to get Covenant Eyes internet accountability software on all of your devices and on your kids' devices. I use it on all my computers and on my iPhone. It's a huge help in the battle for personal purity. Go to covenanteyes.com. And at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN, and you're going to get your first month completely free. If you don't like it, you can cancel at any time. Lastly, now is a great time to make a end-of-the-year gift to our ministry. We would not exist without the prayers and financial support of listeners just like you. If our ministry is a blessing to you, then be a blessing back by making a one-time donation or setting up a recurring monthly donation. Go to narrowtrail.com, click on our give page to do that. Thanks for listening, my brothers. I hope to be back at you soon, hopefully next week, with another epic episode. I'm going to try to do an episode from the Dominican Republic as well. (laughs) That should be fun. Anyway, until then, honor God, live manly. (laughs) 